0: welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate. I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to our program today. We have part two of our special series with Marsha Headley. She's an author and a speaker of the book Prayer Dynamics. I will put the link in the description box. She also has a Prodigal Monday Facebook post that she makes each week that ministers to families that have prodigals, and I'm super excited to have her back for part two of Reasons for Hope in this hour.
1: Welcome back to the program, Marsha. Thank you, Beth. It's great to be back. What we're basically talking about today is about hope in the midst of all that's going on, why we have reasons to hope.
0: I love that. I love that so much. I love to look at things through uh, just a you know an uplifting encouraging way so and there's there's a discouragement right now uh, in our nation and so we need encouragement in this hour. I believe this message is prophetic encouragement
1: and I believe that too Beth and I hope those who did not get to listen to the p- first part part one, We'll go back because I said some very important things. But I want to just recap a little bit about specifically the prophets because I know that there are many disillusioned. And so I believe that that first entry that we did will really put your mind at rest. And I just want to add one more thing to that, Beth, and that is that the story of Elisha, There were some young men and and some children, teenagers, that came out to say ugly words about Elisha. They called him bald head, bald head, go down bald head, is what James said. They were very disrespectful. And Elisha didn't call down fire on them, but God sent bears, she bears, and you know what? Mama Bear can be the meanest. Uh, If she perceives there's an issue happening and those bears came out and began to maul those young people and killed them because of the words that they spoke to the prophet. And so it's very important that what we say and what we do in this time when we don't really have all the answers that we wait and give God time, and that we do not disrespect the prophets. The Bible says, do the prophets no harm. It it says, touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm.
0: Yeah, I think one of the strongest points you made uh, that left an impression with me is that you mentioned that we can judge prophecy, but we should not judge, or we should proceed with much caution. Uh, And and it says only prophets can judge prophets, and so we don't need to judge the prophets. You know, we can judge the message, but not the messenger. We need to be very careful um, in this hour because I'm hearing so many voices saying so many different things. And so one of the things that uh, my mom always says is, you know, when things get confusing, go back to the basics and keep it simple. And, and so that's what we need to do This in this hour. We just need to get in the Word and see what the Word says and go very basic and, and find out exactly what the Bible tells us about the prophets. And you have just, I think, hit it out of the park.
1: Thank you, Beth. Well, today I want to talk to you some more about the hope that we have. And I want to explain right here that our hope is found in God and in His work. You know, I I know there are a lot of videos out there that are encouraging and I personally love to to every day listen to Give Him Fifteen by Dutch Sheets and I find great encouragement there. But I hope you will check out that app because it is a, a blessing to the body of Christ. But I want to say that our hope is found in God and in his word. It's not in videos, not the news for sure, and not in a friend or family member's words, even though it is good to find encouragement from others. But the Bible shows that God is the God of hope. Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope to the power of the Holy Ghost. So it is God that gives us hope through the Holy Spirit that helps to deliver that hope into our hearts. But there's another source of hope that I want to talk about right here, and that is found in Romans 15, verse 4. It says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. We are in a time of waiting, and I don't know if you're like me, but I've felt quite a bit of impatience. And But the Bible says here that it is through the Scriptures that we find hope and encouragement as we wait. And this is very important because the Scriptures help to deliver life into our thirsty souls. I want to point out a Scripture that God really confirmed in my life as I have used the scriptures in prayer, I was asking the Lord one day, Lord, it, if, is what I'm doing really what you're wanting me to do? And I declared to the Lord, Psalm 138, verse 2, where it says, for you have magnified your word above your name. And I was saying, Lord, I'm holding on to your promises. And at that moment, the Lord shot through me a word, and it was the words of Mary. Be it unto me according to thy word. And in that moment, it was about, it was close to six in the morning, and my brain doesn't function real good at that time. And (laughs) even though I preached on that passage, and I have studied that passage and, and God has brought me through many trials through that one passage, I had a blank. Lord, who said that? And so I did a, a quick search to see who said that. And I know that God allowed my brain to go blank that moment because he wanted to see me to see where the location of that scripture was. And it is found in Luke 138. And the scripture I had quoted or or was discussing with the Lord was Psalm 138, verse 2. So do you see that God said um, through the words of Mary, Be it unto me according to thy word. This is important because you and I, Sometimes we feel like, well, God, that word is for Israel or God, that word's for my sister or God, that word's for my mother. No, God has given us his word to appropriate into our lives. And John fifteen seven says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So Mary took hold of the word. Of God that was spoken through an angel. And she said I'm holding on to that. I'm laying hold of that word that you've given me God. And she didn't say well um, I don't know if I can trust you. No she didn't. She said I'm believing it and I'm holding on to it. So I'm going to give you some scriptures right here. That I want you to check out. And I want you to hold on to. Isaiah 59 perfectly describes what we're going through right now. So I encourage you to read Isaiah 59 and remind the Lord of it. And then Psalm 91, I know you're familiar with with that, but in these times, Psalm 91 is going to mean more to you. And then Psalm 92 is a declaration that... Uh, it's a praise to God, but it says some things about the wicked that we need to be reminded of. And I, I and then Psalm 94 is a powerful word for this time. Psalm 20, lay hold on those promises. Psalm 27 and Psalm 37. I encourage you to get in God's word. And read these passages and declare them to God. Because the word of God is what's going to hold us fast. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your memory. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mouth. And begin to declare it. So I want to talk right now, Beth, about a concern. I, in my last podcast, I talked about different concerns That we have and how we can counter those through prayer. So today I'm going to open up with the concern that God has given up on America. I do not believe God has given up on America.
0: Me either.
1: And so it's important for us to pray about this. And I want to remind you about a covenant that we made right in the onset of the establishment of Jamestown. Jamestown was the first colony that that was successful that was planted by England. And so it was very important what happened in this first plant. What what um this crew kept went to do? They went to establish a colony, but they sent with them When they left England, there was a minister aboard, and his name was Reverend Robert Hunt. And this is really significant, because that man came with a purpose. And when they arrived near the shores of Virginia, he said, we're not getting off this boat until we all have a contrite heart before God. And he required them to stay on the boat three days and humble themselves, purify themselves, and make themselves contrite before God. And then they came up to the shore, the shoreline, and they went ashore, and they brought a rough-hewn cross that they had carried with them all the way from England. They brought it on the shore, and they planted it there. And they held the first formal prayer service in Virginia. They gave thanksgiving for God's mercy and grace. They knelt in the Virginia sand. And Reverend Hunt reminded them of the admonition of the British royal court, the British royal council that was taken from the Holy Scripture. Every plantation which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. And I think that's really important. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. But raising their hands to heaven, Reverend Robert Hunt claimed the land for country and king and consecrated this continent for the glory of God. And in covenantal language, he declared, from these very shores, the gospel shall go forth, not only to this new world, but to the entire world. Isn't that amazing?
0: Yes, that's so powerful. I was actually in Jamestown about two years ago on a field trip with my son's school. So I I know exactly the spot you're talking about, and we went and uh, walked through the area and
1: everything. That's, That's awesome. So it was evidence that what I'm saying is the truth. And there are some important things to remember about our covenant. First of all, I want to share with you something I heard of a man who is a prophet, Robin D. Bullock. He shared how that God initiated the covenant with Israel, but that America initiated the covenant with God. And that really resonated with me because I had been declaring before God about the covenant that we made with him. And it was a tremendous reminder. Of much that I've read about. In the word of God. But you see we. As Americans. In those early colonists. Volunteered to spread the gospel. Israel did not. And I want to pause right here. Because when you look at the history of America. You will see. How faithfully we have spread the gospel. To this continent. And to the world. And I know that because I have been a part of those evangelistic endeavors. I have read about those evangelistic endeavors. Americans have spent more money to spread the gospel than any people on the face of the earth. We've sent more missionaries. We've established more Bible schools and orphanages. We have literally sent... the the gospel around the world through television, radio, and Internet, through American dollars. It is through American dollars that much of the translations of the Bible have gone forth and been successful in accomplishing because of American dollars. I did not even know about this covenant until just about a year ago. But I can tell you that my own family personally has fervently tried to spread the gospel. My dad went to many countries, and he shared the gospel. And my dad also did television and radio, every means possible. And I could tell you that is multiplied by the hundreds of thousands, even millions of of the people of God. So America, even without the knowledge of that covenant, has been fulfilling Jesus' command to go and spread the gospel into all the world. This is very significant because we volunteered to spread the gospel. Israel actually rebelled against God's instructions that the nations of the earth would be blessed through the seed of Abraham. If you would start reading in the book of Acts this week, I encourage you to take note of how many explosions happen in the book of Acts because the Jews do not want I'm not speaking of the present day Jews, I'm speaking in the biblical times. We love the Jews, this is nothing against God's people. I'm talking to you from a historical aspect. And that book, The Acts of the Apostles, there are many explosions because they do not want the Gentiles to hear what Paul is going to share. The gospel opened up to the Gentiles. And so we, as Americans, volunteer to to spread the gospel. I don't believe God will forget that. And so I want to share with you that I believe God accepted that covenant that we made with him that we initiated with him. Here are some signs that I believe and some evidences that shows that God accepted our covenant. First of all the war for independence was won against all odds a group of a small group of colonists who didn't have training for war But miraculously, they defeated the British army who had even enlisted the German army to help them. And yet, with God's power, and only through God's power, and you read historically things that happened that were miracles, and we won the war for independence. And I want to progress on from there, and that has to do with the moving of God. Upon our nation, historically, I'm going to just go through it real quick. We had the first great awakening in the first part of the seven, in the uh, mid 1700s, and then um, in in the end of the 1700s and on into the 1800s was the second great awakening. Then there was Dwight L Moody, the Azusa Street revival. Brush arbor, tent revivals, healing revivals, evangelism crusades. I regret I don't have the time to call out all of the men and the evangelists, men and women that were involved in these endeavors. And you and I know about the Jesus movement. I lived through it, but you know about it, Beth. Right. And the charismatic revival and then the word of faith movement the Toronto outpouring, the Brownsville revival, and God is moving now. And we need to cry out to God for the third great awakening that has been prophesied. Smith Wigglesworth and William J. Seymour said there would be a third great awakening that would happen. And they are not the only ones who have prophesied it. And I'm coming in alignment with Joel chapter 2 And Acts chapter 2, which says that God would pour out his Holy Spirit in the last days. And that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. You see how much prophecy is important? Because we still have more to happen that God wants to do through prophecy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And the reason this is important, that it just didn't occur in the book of Acts. I come along with Peter when he said, this is that. I agree with that. But if you notice, Peter laid hold of a promise of God concerning Acts 2. I believe it was um In Acts chapter 4, he laid hold of a promise of God that is found in Psalm 2. And that's important because that prophetic word is actually about the Messiah. But Peter laid hold of that promise about the anointed of God at his time. So, do you see, we are still in the last days. We still can lay hold of that promise. That in the last days, we are in the last of the last days. And I believe we can lay hold on that promise of Acts 2 and Joel 2. That God will again pour out His Spirit. Do you agree with me on that, Beth?
0: Absolutely. I absolutely believe that that we are right on the precipice of the third great
1: awakening. I believe that too. And I also believe the covenant... Of our forefathers is evident on our buildings in Washington D.C. I know there's a lot of people that that talk about other things, you know, the the Mason and all uh, all, all that. But I'm going to tell you, God's name is on our buildings, and His name is on our currency. His name is in our pledge of allegiance, and I believe God still honors His covenant. And I'm going to give you some real. Facts, how I know God honors covenants. Because God takes covenants very serious. He took his covenant with Abraham serious. His covenant with Isaac and Jacob serious. He took his covenant serious when he approached Moses. And he said, my people are in Egypt and they're suffering and I'm going to deliver them. Because God had promised Abraham he was going to bring his people children out of Egypt, and God was faithful to that covenant, and then God made a covenant with David, you see, God wasn't finished making covenants, God made a covenant with David, and he kept it, and this is really important, because Adonijah was a rogue upstart, he was one of David's sons, he was the second oldest, and he began to pull all the influential people around him. Except he left out Nathan the prophet and two other men that, that were close to Nathan. And Adonijah declared his rulership. But God had already spoken over Solomon. He told David, he said, you're not going to build my house, but your son Solomon is going to build my house. And God made sure that covenant was established. That's important because if you move on and you see that in that was in 1 Kings chapter 1, but now in 2 Kings chapter 11, you see there is another rogue ruler that rose up named Athaliah. And her son, Amaziah, had been killed. And so what did she do? Did she grieve? No. What she did was start killing off all the royal seed. She killed all of her grandsons, everybody that could have fallen in line uh, to be king. She killed them all, but she missed one, and he was an infant, and he was spared by the priest Jehoiada and his wife, and they hid Joash for six years, the last descendant of David that could have reigned and fulfilled the prophetic covenant. That God made with David. And God protected Joash. So you see God does remember covenant. He protects covenant. And Moses, Daniel, Nehemiah. Like David. Reminded God of his covenant. I want to tell you what David said. He said and now O Lord I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Let it be a promise that will last forever. First Chronicles 17 and verse 23. God holds to his covenant. And there are people praying. It's not like we've all said, oh, well, God, do what you want to do. Destroy America if you want to. No, the church is praying. We have stood by the covenant we made with God. And God is standing by us. You know, in the time of Israel, Beth, there were those that didn't honor God and those that did. But God didn't say, well, Israel, I'm sick of it. Half of you are serving men. Half of you aren't. God continued to honor his covenant with Israel because he honored it with Abraham all the way through Abraham's lineage. And we have been grafted in. We are of the seed of Abraham because we have believed in Jesus, who is the one that has been sent by God and we have been grafted in. And we can pray like our forefathers on that shore of Virginia. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. And that's Matthew 15, 13, and 14. I'm going to read 14 to you now. It says, let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. And we need to pray for that. That all those that have not been planted by God will be uprooted. And there are those that have been concerned. Did someone not do their job? Who, who didn't do right? We've all been praying and fasting. Who didn't do their job? Did the church not pray enough? Did the person in the government that could have taken action, did the president or or someone, the senators or the representatives, did they not do their part? Only God knows. But this is what God, through Mordecai, spoke to Esther. And I believe it's going to help all of us. Mordecai sent this to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. Did you hear that? Wow, that's so powerful. Somebody didn't do their part, Beth. Help will arise from some other place, God said through Mordecai. So God will
0: always find a way but I hope he'll choose, you know, me or you or, you know, any of us.
1: Yes, yes, I totally agree. And that's why it's important that you and I stay in the game because God has not forsaken us. He has not left us on the side of the road. And the Bible says in Psalm chapter 9 and verse 9 and 10. It says, you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And so it's very important that we hold fast. God is not going to forsake us. He's not going to lead us alone or or take us down a path that is destructive. But God is going to bring forth everything that needs to come forth. And here's a third thing that people have been concerned about, that the guilty will go unpunished. We need to pray for exposure, for witnesses, for justice to be served and rendered. Don't just pray for exposure. Pray for justice to be served and rendered. And that righteous scales will be reestablished in our nation. Yes. I want to give an encouraging word from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21. It says, be sure of this. The wicked will not go un- unpunished. Those who are righteous will go free. And and it's very important for us to remember the words that are in, um, let me find my scripture in Psalm 92. It's just such a powerful word. It says in verse 5. Oh Lord how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know. Nor a fool understand this. And now here's the clincher. When the wicked spring up like grass. And when all of the workers of iniquity flourish. It is that they may be destroyed forever. Because sometimes we wonder Lord. Why, why is it that we are seeing wickedness flourish and the wicked flourish but God has a plan he lets them flourish because he has a plan of, of exposure and destruction because God wants to purify our nation God will forgive all who will repent God is merciful and long-suffering not willing that any should perish and that's important that we pray For the lost to be saved. The lost here in America. In our government. The lost around the world. Because our world has been affected. And shaken. Because of what's happening in America. You see they know. That we have stood. As a Christian nation. We've spread the gospel. As I mentioned before. Many of them are aware. Of the gospel that we have spread. Many of them have come to faith in Christ because of the gospel. So it's important that we cry out to God for the law because our liberties to share the gospel are important. They are important to America. And I want you to begin to remind God. This is, this is a concern for the loss that all of us have had and all of this going on. Can God fulfill his word that the gospel will go to the ends of the earth in the present state of our nation? This is what Moses said to God. God was ready to destroy Israel. And what did Moses say? He said, God, if you do that, because God was going to make a, a nation out of Moses and his descendants. And Moses said, God, please don't do that. Because what will the heathen say? They'll say, you brought us out here to destroy us. And I'm, I'm wanting you to hear this, Beth, and our audience. Because the gospel going forth through America is important to God. It's important because of the covenant it's important to Israel. It's important to the lost. It's important to people that have heard the gospel but have rejected it, the prodigal. This is important because this is what the, all of those who hate God, all of those that deny God say, You see, I told you so. America, it, there is no God. There is no God in America. America doesn't have the true God because they've looked at our prosperity all around the world and they've wondered about it. They've wondered if the secret to our prosperity was because we have exalted the name of God. And if God destroys us, like Moses said to God, God, if you destroy us, what will the heathen say? And I'm concluding with this. God wants us to be raised back up. I really believe that for His name to be declared in all the world. In this end time harvest, this end time revival, I believe that God has a plan. We don't see all the pieces, but I believe that God is going to do just exactly what He covenanted with America. That we would spread the gospel for His name. Around the world.
0: Amen. Yes, I mean, I do. I absolutely believe that uh, that this is a setup for a miracle, and that's what I'm believing for.
1: Amen. I'm believing that too. And the Bible says, "Be not weary in well doing, for in due season we will reap, if we faint not." God never said that that we were the uh, the microwave version. He never did that. The church or our Christian walk was the microwave version. The Bible says to be patient, to continue to pray. It says pray without ceasing, and um, to be faithful. In fact, it not only does it say that in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen, but in Ephesians chapter six and verse eighteen, it says. Pray in the Spirit at all times. So when you run out of words, you start praying in the Spirit. And when you get inspired with words, you start praying. Paul said, I pray with the understanding. I pray with the Spirit. And so that's how we're going to make it. That's how we're going to be victorious in this time.
0: That's right. You know, I I, I look around today and... Um, I just, I just, you know, feel like people need to hear this word. They need to hear encouragement, and I just love what you've brought. You know, the Lord is not going to forsake His people. Ju- justice is not a what, but a who, and justice has a name, and His yeah. name is Jesus. And so, That's the Lord crazy. is, uh, the Lord will, will, uh, will, I believe, rectify these situations. There will be a reckoning. God will set things. Right. We need to do our part. We need to pray. We need to speak up when we need to speak up. We need to stand for things that are righteous and holy and good. And um, I believe that the Lord is going to do what he does best, and that is the miraculous. And, so I, and, and this is not about politics or a president. This Amen. is just about truth and righteousness and justice, and especially the things that are biblical. I and mean, one of the top of the list would be uh, protection of the unborn. You know, I, I personally believe Amen. that 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 Amen. should be the top of our list. And I believe um, it. Right. I don't vote a political party. I vote the Bible, and so Amen. it's a way above politics. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in politics. I have my own personal opinions about politics, but that is secondary. To, yes. I'm a Christian first and so my biblical stand supersedes all of my personal politics and so we, we also need to guard our mouth, watch our words, watch our own behavior and we need to rise above all of the uh, all of the arguing and bickering and, and opinions and we need to just speak and stand on God's word in this season. So I thank you so much for this powerful word of encouragement that uh god has not forsaken our nation i believe um even though we we need a cleansing in our nation but but our nation has sown a lot of good seed and so i don't believe god has forsaken uh forsaken our nation and i do believe that that things can be turned around things can be changed and And so uh, I guess, you know, is there any party words you want to leave us with? This is so powerful. We had to make it a two-part series. I know people have a lot of questions in this hour. And and like I said, this is the time when I turn to my leaders and mentors to hear what God's saying to them. And I definitely consider you one of those people in my life. And I, I just want to glean from your experience and your wisdom and the anointing that you
1: carry. Praise God. Thank you, Beth. I just want to say to people that this prodigal nation of America, God has a purpose and a plan just like Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven. It was actually spoken to Israel, but we were birthed out of the womb of Israel. And as someone said, we are still connected by an umbilical cord. And our our lives, our America greatly impacts Israel. It greatly impacts the unborn it greatly impacts the lost and it greatly impacts our future generations we cannot afford to give up we cannot afford to be prayerlessness uh, fall into prayerlessness and fast uh, and toss fasting out even though we're all weary i can tell you i'm weary of fasting i'm weary even of 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 the diligence Um, But the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. I've already told you that. In due season, we will reap if we faint not. I'm not trying to be repetitious. I'm trying to underscore. We can't give up. We must, for the sake of all that's at stake, we must push forward and realize it's worth the effort.
0: That's right. You know, faithfulness is sticking. You know, for this analogy, sticking with the team even when you're losing a game or when you're not on top. You know, you know that's that's perseverance and faith, and we and that's a fruit of the spirit. And so, uh, you, you know, and how do we strengthen ourselves spiritually by getting in His Word, by praying, by spending time yeah. in worship before the Lord? And these are just basic things. And so, uh, when 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 I always say, you know, concentrate on the frequency, not the noise. There's a lot of noise out there, but the frequency is the voice of the Lord. And so we we get that through getting in the word, through praying, through spending time in worship, through drawing close to the Lord. And so these are very simple things. You know, when things get complicated, think simple and just draw close to the Lord because all of the answers are found in him. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being back on the show. I look forward to having you back. I'll put the links for Marcia's information in the description box. Thank
1: you so much. And God bless you, Beth, and God bless your audience may the word of God find root and fruit in their lives. In Amen. Jesus name. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.